Welcome back to What You Talking, the Burbays edition. Yeah, we're <laughs> choosing Burbays this time, and we'll get into that. But first, as always, I'm your host, Mike. And I'm Ruby. And today we wanted to do another episode of Run the Burbs. And joining us today is a guest you'll recognize. He's a man of many fandoms who is now behind the curtain for the fan group of Run the Burbs. Let's welcome back Chihong. Woo! Hey. hey, thanks for having me again, Mike Roby. Yeah, it's great to have you back, buddy. Um, and just to put you on the spot, just because this is a new show and everything, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. let's get your honest opinion. What are your thoughts on Run the Burbs? Well, um, we know that when, uh, you know, with the sort of the early uh, closure, so to speak, of Kim's Convenience, uh, a lot of us were thrilled that Andrew was sort of picking up a new series and having like a spiritual successor. Damn right. And, um, <laughs> right. It's, um, I mean, it's, it, I think it's been built as such. And I think for the first season in terms of how quickly it came about and, and how well received it's been, I, I would say it's been a, a pretty incredible success, you know, when you think about the timeline mm-hmm. and, and I know he's talked about that as well. Um, but in terms of watching it, you know, I watch it with my kids. I, uh, Karen, is, my wife, has, has watched it as well. Um, I have a bit of a vested interest because I'm of, uh, you know, I have a Vietnamese background. So mm-hmm. a lot of the nuanced things that may not be <laughs> as obvious, um, I really pick up on. Um, so it's been it's been great having, you know, Andrew sort of be that spokesperson for, for the community. I know that's not really his goal necessarily, but yeah. mm-hmm. to put together... Um, a series about like a um, like a mixed couple, you know, South yep. Asian as well as the Southeast Asian. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's representation that's really well needed, and um, you know, the reception has been great. And he's put he's uh, added a lot of comedic talent, like great comedic talent from oh, Canada. Yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> heavyweights. Yeah, it's fantastic to uh, to have that uh, for for the viewers to watch. Yeah, I like that point where you brought up that uh, it has representation in the Vietnamese community and how you're picking up all the nuances. I feel like I feel like we've reversed roles here with Kim's <laughs> and and the show, but like right. there's still so much I mean, I'm looking at from now the other side, there's still so much relatability, even mm-hmm. especially now that I'm a dad and I'm watching like Andrew <laughs> Pham like yeah. raise these two young kids. I mean my kids my yeah, my kids are not anywhere near that age but um it, it's it's a fun watch i mean mm-hmm. anyway um now not route uh for run the burbs uh at this point season one bitterly to say uh any favorite characters episodes yeah i mean i i really like carol um so the episode we're, mm-hmm. we're going to be covering uh you know, uh, segue in a, in a moment, but awesome. I really like all of the the family, like sort of like the fam family proper, but also like the <laughs> extended family. Right. I, I really liked um, this episode in particular uh, because um, the focus was on on the immediate family, um, and like no offense to any like the supporting characters, but uh, I, I think that I really I, I, I'm more invested in sort of the, the dynamic between the family members Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um i'm fine with the secondary members uh, sorry characters sort of like driving or helping to drive the plot but i Mm -hmm. i'm not ready for to be focused on like a side character right so i I really liked how 
um, especially when the parents sort of interact with the kids. And I know that there's been episodes where um, actually there's there hasn't been too many episodes where the kids sort of interact with one another. Right. It's, that's it's true. usually one or the other and they're like doing their own thing. But you have um, you have Leo and Kia kind of interacting a lot and, you know, it's kind of mirroring their parents um, right. with their oh, sorry, the dad with the aunt. Right. And mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. sort of like a, a throwback that we talked about with the photograph. But um, yeah, like the, the family members, uh, uh, Ramesh, you know, he, he's great, too. So um, anytime you have the fans and you have Ramesh or in this case, you have Carol dropping by for a visit. Uh, you know, those are my favorite characters. Hmm. 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 In terms of episodes, any favorite at this point? Uh, so this one, uh, Carol the Conqueror. <laughs> Which is, uh, I, I, I might have had a bit of influence in, in sort of guesting on this one. Um, so the, the New Year episode, of course. Um, oh, that was so a good one. So those are the two that kind of stick out. And again, it, it's, it's family themed. So I really, it, you know, that topic really resonates with me. Right, right, mm-hmm. right, right. Um, I mean, considering the family theme and your, the, I guess the way that you like to see the fans interact, are there any kind of future situations? or situations you hope to see uh, them play out in the future? Any kind of, I guess, types of gatherings or types yeah. of... Yeah. Well, well I was kind of surprised that for the New Year's episode, Carol didn't come back, and I know there's logistics yes. to do with um, mm. right. the actors and their schedules. So, you know, so that, so that makes sense. But it'll be good to have Carol with, with uh, Andrew's parents and maybe to see a bit of, uh, you know, Camille's family and have them interact. I, I don't know... I don't recall if there's any sort of like siblings or extended family. Mm-hmm. I remember, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a scene in this episode where uh, Camille is looking at a photograph. It's like a, an old family photo where she's seeing her her parents and herself. Right. right. But no other kids. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not to say that she didn't have a younger sibling, but uh, maybe that's just, um, you know, that's- indicating that maybe she's an only child. Yeah, that's mm. a solid point. That's that's something that I'm. I think I'm going to bring up later about uh, <laughs> things that I hope to see as well. Uh, a little more digging into uh, Camille's background, and I guess you know what happened with her mom and where what have they been mm-hmm. doing as father and daughter through the 20 years of you know since her passing. But anyway, uh, so yeah, my next uh, thing to bring up was why we're doing this episode, but you brought it up skillfully. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, why don't we just dive right into it? So the first part I want to cover is the best part of Asian siblings is dot 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 dot. So uh, before we get talking about Carol, um, I just wanted to bring this up because I found it really cool. If you didn't already know, Andrew Fung is a huge, 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 huge <laughs> wrestling fan, and uh, if I had to guess, the battering fam is probably a tribute to like uh, '80s wrestlers. Uh, yep. because I think we grew up all around the same era. So mm-hmm. I was thinking the first time I saw that Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, maybe even parts of Ricky Steamboat in there. Um, but also the fact that he's from Calgary, Alberta, which is not only Andrew's hometown, but also mm-hmm. where, uh, I guess it's like where a bunch of famous wrestlers come out, like especially the Hart family who are basically like a, like a lot of these wrestling families are sort of legacies. Like, like the Rock comes from uh, this uh, this lineage of wrestlers, and the Hart family is sort of the same thing. And huh. um, one of my favorites out of the Hart family is Bret the Hitman Hart, who was that's the only Hart I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, that's a good one to know because he's one of my all-time faves. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I can talk about I can talk about wrestling all day. I mean, I was I grew up with uh, WWF now WWE. Yes. yes. But uh, yeah, all of the the names you mentioned, um, you know, uh, even more recently to you know to connect the dots with uh, Calgary, um, there was a there was a wrestler. I, I I don't know if he's still active. Probably not. But his name is Lance Storm, and he was a huge fan of Kim's Convenience. He's also re- from Calgary. Yeah. I remember and that it, name. Yes. Yeah, and uh, his introduction, I think, always you know the annu- ring announcer would say that he's from Calgary, pause, Alberta, pause, Canada, and I think <laughs> I think Andrew was wanted to go for the same thing, but wasn't sure if that sort of skirted on any like, copyright type of thing. Oh. So I did hear. So I heard Calgary, like, you know, hailing from Calgary, Alberta, the battering fan, but not Canada. Calgary, like, I don't know. Calgary it's not really a catchphrase, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, you, you're right, though. It's uh, there's a lot of inspiration, um, you know, with the with the tassels. I think he was using headbands for sorry, bandanas for everything, for everything from his headband to wristbands and <laughs> you know, where the tassels of the ultimate warrior would be. And yeah. um, I was just, you know, I don't know how it came up, but I've been seeing a lot of like Macho Man stuff. So of the oh, same era. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, but, yeah, he needed a catchphrase at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, I don't know. Like when I heard the battering fam, I, I can... It's yeah. kind of a, I guess, a play on words like battering ram, but to me that yeah. seemed more like a finishing move than a, than a wrestler's uh, name. If yes. I'm being nitpicky, like you know, yeah. like maybe a maybe a headbutt <laughs> off the top rope, it, um, or it's like one of those guys on like the the Saturday, I forgot what it was, the Saturday event show, where it's yeah. like you know those guys who gets beaten up by the main guys. It's just yeah. like that yeah. that one They're guy called who jobbers. shows up. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> one of those guys. It's like battering fam. Oh, you know, he got pinned <laughs> in like five minutes. <laughs> they're they're the uh, they're the enhancement talent. That's the uh, sort of like PC <laughs> term for those wrestlers. Yeah, but I remember when like even The Rock or back then he was known as Rocky Maivia or I think he was even something yeah. even before then he was right. one of those at some point too so yeah. hey maybe Battering Fam would one day become champ <laughs> he'd just become the fam <laughs> I mean yeah you know like he, he came up with that name as a kid supposedly so then you know we'll, we'll give some leniency that way but uh, <laughs> but Carol the Conqueror is solid yeah yeah, yeah. You can tell she's given that thought. Um, so on that, uh, let's let's get back to the story. So, yeah, we're quickly introduced to Carol, uh, who's played by Kimberly and Trong. Am I saying that right? Trong? That's how yeah, I've always I would say that's it. the anglicized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe there's a better pronunciation. You know, even Korean names I'm mispronouncing. So. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, well, I had a friend who had the same last name, and when she introduced herself to me, she did call herself whatever the first name is, Trong. So, or that's yeah. how she she introduces and expects everyone else to pronounce okay, it. Okay, so. feel free to correct me. I, I am not. I'm not the expert. I, I have a cousin through marriage. His name is Trong, and I don't know if the spelling is exactly the same, but that's how he pronounces. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I think we're good. I think that's the common <laughs> anglicized way of pronouncing it. So. I don't think we're offending anyone. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I haven't been getting any emails so far from the Korean community, just angry tweets. So there we go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, one small fun fact. If you remember, she did have a short role in Kim's. Uh, her name was Liv, and she was a 
either a friend of a friend of Janet's or a friend of Janet's. And and this is where Appa just throws down like his dad jokes when they're all, I guess, high in the, in the basement. basement. Yeah. yeah. Live and let die in Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was uh, in the uh, Cookie Monster episode. Is that what it was yes. called? <laughs> I think it was. Was it yeah. Cookie Monster? Yeah. Well, well I mean, yeah. The ingredient ends up in a cookie. So yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 And yes. Janet gets asked to buy cookies for Emma, and that's how the cookies happened. <laughs> you guys have better memories than me. <laughs> I should know this stuff, but God. Uh, so what do we know about Carol? One, she's a doctor, but. Also, she apparently saved lives of kids who were trapped in a cave, uh, which is pretty impressive. Uh, could be those doctors what, on what is it? The cross borders? Situation. Oh, doctors without borders. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, even considering that, like, she would have had to have been like in a, you know, like that Thailand case where like all. Those I was kids gonna got... say maybe she's that doctor. Or, yeah. Right? <laughs> I see. That'd be interesting if they explore then all the other kind of things that she's done. Sounds like she's had like a really cool life. Hmm. Uh, yeah, having a relationship isn't a first priority for her. She's dated, <laughs> according to Andrew, she's dated a pet store guy whose name <laughs> could have been Lorenzo. Uh, she obviously loves her niece and nephew, Kia and Leo. I guess along well with Camille. And she's a true Bond user, which we're still not 100% sure what it is. But yeah, yeah we're, we're guessing it has something to do with Can fetishes. Fetishes. Yeah, for I'll just say people. that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's throw this out there. What are your thoughts on Carol and her relationship with Andrew? Um, so I can't really speak to the sibling dynamics because I'm an only child. But <laughs> I mean, I I had an, um, my aunt uh, Kayla grow up with me. She's a she's I don't know five six years older than me. So we mm-hmm. I, I guess it's similar to a brother-sister relationship mm-hmm. um and i think you know having an older sibling kind of um abuse the younger one in the sense of you know like <laughs> re- like you know roughhousing and, and yeah. being the dominant person in wrestling i mean that makes sense and it it made for really great comedy yeah mm-hmm. um and it seemed like andrew was still harboring some i don't know resentment or maybe yeah. that's too strong of a word but just you know, he, he, he doesn't like to be picked upon, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so he was put in the headlock and then later with the this Quang nickname. Um, <laughs> maybe you can speak more to that, Mike, since you, uh, since you have a sister. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, I mean, Carol's clearly the alpha in that relationship. I mean, if she can get her brother to say that she's the prettiest, smartest, strongest woman in the world and he remembers this right like this is from a childhood of being yeah the beating up and on top of that and i smell like cat pee i mean like anything like cat pee stinks like i'm not, not gonna as admit bad as that cat poo. nah i don't know cat pee lingers cat mm. cat poo it stinks but cat pee <laughs> lingers um i mean just to go on your points i mean like like in the first scenes alone, she she gets her brother to tap out in in a hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, she introduces his kids to the nickname mm-hmm. that he had as a kid, Quang, um, and and uh, she quote unquote makes him look bad for introducing Chordors to Kia. I guess he has a style of parenting, and yeah, this is one of those things, right? That I'm kind of learning as as a parent 
now. Like when I used to, I guess, throw my opinions and whatever to my sister, because I mean, she, she had kids before us. And then when you kind of like throw down, I guess, he, here's a better idea at something, right? I, I'm trying to be more sensitive of like, of how parents are parenting and leave them to parent their own stuff and yeah. me to just do it, you know, let them do their stuff and not get in their face about certain things. Mm-hmm. Right. That's probably not the right way to say it, but I, I'm, I'm trying to be more mindful of that. And the fact that when I saw her doing that, I'm like, Ooh, no, 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 Carol. Don't, don't, don't get mixed up in this. Yeah. But just like you explained without being a parent yourself, you don't have that perspective to, to know the hardships and to understand each, each family's lifestyle may be different. Each parent's own parenting style or the, the choice that they make of the parenting style is different and how to respect that fully, right? But I think a younger sibling or a sibling that wasn't the alpha wouldn't bring up these kind of thoughts. So let's say that uh, in that same sort of situation, um, uh, he needs Kia to, to do it and it's a younger sibling. there's a good chance that they'd just not say anything. I think so anyway. Okay. I, like, I can't yeah, see I don't, my... I don't have I, siblings. <laughs> I can't see my sister doing that in my case anyway. She asked yeah. why you didn't help me clean up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Xiong, you were saying? No, I, I think, yeah, I think your, your point is valid. Uh, just because of the dynamic uh, mm-hmm. dynamics of their relationship, uh, Andrew and uh, Carol... Mm-hmm. where she sort of gives her opinion. Like, I mean, she does it later on with Ramesh, right? In terms of mm-hmm. um, the dating app. Yes, um, yes. So yeah, it's but, consistent with her character. Yeah. It's her personality, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so getting off topic for a bit to focus on Leo and Kia in the basement scene. Um, we have Leo who's exiting his mind palace, which gets another mention in episode four and let's go to the movies we find out the mind palace is just a basement washroom mm-hmm. um but he uses it for thinking and agreeing to help for twenty dollars uh on the hour oh sorry twenty dollars with on the hour every hour juice break juice breaks that he negotiated as part of his deal uh, <laughs> So I found it funny that the consistent thing throughout the season is that the fam kids are very entrepreneur-minded. I mean, of course, uh, Kia going, oh, damn, 100 bucks, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and then she gets her little brother, not telling him all the details, mm-hmm. like, 20 bucks, you help me out, right? <laughs> and I don't know how much of it she actually did versus what he actually did. Uh, I thought that was really smart. I was just like, oh, my God, these kids are, for their age... They're pretty smart. I thought it was just really funny because Andrew offered Kia ten bucks originally. Yeah. So she, she she only doubled it to get to get her little brother to help, and it's just like, wow. So you're just like your dad, but you gave him so much heartache for it. But I mean, there's a nice little tie-in at the end of it too, right? And, and what they do. Um, but I mean, I like that it was consistent uh, with other other episodes mm-hmm. in the season like raccoon fever and the new year's episode where the kids are either <laughs> selling things or encouraging other people to sell things like for example in raccoon fever where um uh uh camille was saying uh, well leo was saying to camille you know you're a mind reader mom we got to monetize this <laughs> or they're selling the spring rolls to the uh to, to the, the neighborhood <laughs> going into their dad's stash poor sebastian <laughs> 
uh, hopefully, I, I hope that they explore this more in the future as mm -hmm. they grow up and uh, maybe they find a career or something through this. If they if they ever go to like ten seasons, I they learned know. it from their grandma. Remember? That's true. That's <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> um, did you notice what was in the the downstairs fridge when Leo went to grab a juice box? I did not know what did what was in there. There was, uh, I think, two bottles of sriracha. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, the... Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, the hot sauce. Yeah, the rooster, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I, I think jugs of soy milk. It's hard to tell exactly. Yeah. But oh. I know in Ontario, we... I mean, milk comes in the, the plastic bags, bags, bags right? Yeah. So... Well, we I'm do have jugs, just not those jugs. We do, just yeah, not as common. But if you mm -hmm. ever go to sort of like an Asian grocery store, you'll yeah. see like the soy milk in that kind of um, the squarish jug with the little handle on the top. The handle. Okay, so this this may be a thing that we might not know, but is Ontario like the only province that has bags? Like, does Alberta uh, have bags? I or think jugs? predominantly yes, but not the only. I know okay. there's regions in Canada. Because I'm just also. wondering if that's a hint to where the show takes place. I mean, Andrew <laughs> has always been kind of like, oh, you know, it happens in a burbs, you know, kind of, you know, it could be any burbs, yeah. but it's kind of like if you see the jug of milk and it's like, wait, 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 that's not Ontario. <laughs> You're fooling all of us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be any town in suburbia, Canada. <laughs> right, that's sort of the implication. But uh, I know he's been, you know, he's dropped uh, influence, like Alberta influences in the street names. And mm -hmm. Snuck in all these little details. Yeah. <laughs> well, hiding it craftily, it's actually filmed in Hamilton. <laughs> I mean, no one really wants to go to Hamilton. It's probably cheaper to film there. It is. And okay. that's why Strays is filmed there. <laughs> okay. And that's why right. Black Pinker is probably going there i don't know i don't know why oh can i just say there. because we haven't brought this up before but when <laughs> when carol went into the house yeah you don't notice this until until um ramesh and camille come home but mm -hmm. carol is wearing her shoes inside the house oh did, did you catch that too? i did not that's a no no that's yeah, Asian why, no -no. why would she yeah well huh. exactly why would she but I mean, this is kind of foreshadowing, but in the uh, in the New Year's episode, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Andrew's mom also keeps her shoes on, and mm. if you um, recall uh, Andrew Fung's uh, Instagram live, he yeah. was talking. There's this scene where he gets smacked upside the head with the shoe in rehearsal. <laughs> in rehearsal with slippers, slippers. right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but in reality, like I think for the scene, she was wearing her shoes. <laughs> oh, got clocked pretty good. Maybe that's like that. That's like a hidden sign there. It's like if they wear shoes in the house, he gets mad. <laughs> I just assumed is... that because of uh, maybe height difference. I don't know. Oh, um, maybe so she's not. You know, like some some not for this show, but like I know on some uh, other TV series, sometimes you have actors standing on like apple crates or something mm -hmm. just to make it more equalized but anyway it's something i noticed and, and something i brought up on socials but oh. uh, i don't recall it, what the answer was exactly <laughs> yeah they were probably just ducking out it's like that's foreshadowing for the future <laughs> well here's the thing like i don't know about vietnamese culture because i'm not vietnamese but i know for chinese culture a lot of chinese people wear indoor slippers or indoor shoes yeah. okay so yeah. like like, I get it. She, we didn't see her take off the shoes and then put on new shoes. But, like, that could be 
the thing for them, right? Like they don't like getting their socks or feet dirty, so they're wearing indoor shoes. I feel like we need to tell Andrew now to make sure he catches all this for season two. It's like, what are you guys doing? Too late. He's already this. filming. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least like now they can do reshoots while they're. they're but doing. I mean. Yeah, yeah, but having said that, later on in in the episode when they're in the basement, she she is in her socks, so oh. you know, mm. always forget. Yeah. <laughs> For now, inconsistent. We'll catch him in season two. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So in this episode, my favorite comedic scene uh, was that basketball venting session between <laughs> Andrew and Hudson. I I I love their friendship. I love their friendship yep. throughout the whole season, and I love. Like every episode that they're together, it's always something yeah, it's always great fun. to watch. And I think yeah, um, <laughs> them playing basketball that badly is got to be actually a lot more work than it looks. I mean, like I think it, it's it's actually hard to play that bad. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> to do it in a funny way though, right? I think they're just haphazardly throwing the ball, like when they're trying to, they're not actually trying to hit the hoop, right? They're just throwing it up there and then they're chatting. It's the acting part that might be a bit harder because they're like kind of copying those scenes where those guys shoot and always makes the shot and still chatting so happily, right? Uh Well, I mean, they're venting, so... They can be out of breath and then that kind of goes with the venting, like, (sighs) so mad. (laughs) Yeah, uh, just missed that alley oop. <laughs> Almost got it. Yeah, um, yeah, I love their scenes together. Um, but going back to, I guess, the main part here, just like you were mentioning um, before, when we we're talking about Carol and the parallels between Kia and Leo mm. and Andrew and Carol, I I like how in this episode they kind of circle back to the relationships of like one generation how it affects the other one well i found it that it's sort of you know um they saw the picture of Mm. these two of the younger carol and andrew and they're like hey why 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 are they always fighting Mm -hmm. and then you know uh carol and andrew kind of uh you know they talk it out they realize that they both make one passable asian child (laughs) Because they realize, hey, maybe the root of our problems are parents. <laughs> or, I don't know, that's my take. And, um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I found that, that line so hilarious. Because it's so true. Because, I mean, <laughs> uh, to be fair, like, I don't think any pa- Asian parent's really happy. Like, you can't make, I don't think, I don't know of any person who's made their parents actually 100% happy. Mm, I yeah, I, <laughs> like it, it, you know, with Asian parents though, it to get positive feedback and reinforcement. I, I know it's um, kind of stereotype to say, but it's always you know you get a ninety eight. Where's that missing two percent or <laughs> that sort of thing? Where you could always do better, um, but at the same the same time, it, it's to hear something like "Oh, I'm proud of you." It's it's mm. almost like you know, you're expected to do well. Yeah. So just by doing well, you're satisfying the requirement of being a, the, the child. And But the love is shown th- through other ways, like, you know, you're, you're fed and you're clothed and you're housed and all that sort of stuff. But... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, Simu <laughs> on, his, on his posts and socials, he's... he's at, 
everything i mean after especially shang chi i know i'm getting out of run the burbs here but um after getting shang chi and you know writing his book and whenever he hits a big milestone he's like mom are you proud of me now it's like and I always have to add in the tweet, no, you you haven't given them grandkids yet. So, not there. And even <laughs> when you get there, they have to get 100%. So, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, Asian parents show it in different ways. Yeah, uh, they'll never... I don't know. It's really hard to get them to fully say, I'm proud of you. Or, like, I acknowledge everything that you're doing. Or, like, that you've succeeded. You know? It's just not their way of parenting. Yeah. I mean, if... Sorry, you, and we're talking about, like, our... Not us, our generation. Like, it's our parents' generation and above. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, if you are one of those kids that did get that, you know, once Kudos. in a while... Kudos. Yeah. <laughs> you, you won the lottery, you, you, you got a gold medal in Olympics, and I don't know what else, because, yeah, most of us haven't got that. So, kudos to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess... That kind of covers that part for me. Anything else to add about Carol? I mean, I, I thought she was a great character. Um, a great way to kind of... I think season one... I know I'm like jumping all over here. I think season one was really good in kind of introducing and world building the fans. Um, but I, to go on Chi Hung's point about uh, the New Year's episode, I would... That was the one thing that was in my head as well. I was thinking, like, <laughs> Why where's Carol? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, the parents went out of their way to get a sex condo here, and, like, Carol's <laughs> just, I don't know, maybe she's true bonding somewhere else. Well, no, because, I mean, like, like we've explored. She's a doctor, quote-unquote, that's done all these crazy things. So, like, what if she was one of those doctors that went on some, some sort of mission to help with something, right? She wouldn't be available. True bonding with people everywhere. <laughs> she said at the very end, or sorry, not at the very end, but when she was with her brother, she said, already bonded. <laughs> she not said with it? her brother. She did, but not with her brother, not in that way. Right. No, no, not in that sense, but to, to send the person away. And she said it so naturally, so it's kind of like, you have practice in doing this, don't you? <laughs> But know. from a story storytelling yeah. point of view, I mean, I, I can understand it because I mean, the the New Year's episode was your introduction to Andrew's parents, yeah, mm-hmm. right. So you're trying to figure out the dynamics there, um, yeah. with son and, and parents. So if if you have Carol there, you know, it might just um, subtract from uh, that. Yeah, and you, mm-hmm. you don't get a you don't get the clarity that that you want because you know, I mean, not to talk too much about that episode, but you can see the way. Um, you can see Andrew's relationship with his parents and how he mm-hmm. struggles to communicate or, or with his dad. Um, That's true. Because there's some unresolved or some uh, confusion or misunderstandings there. Um, but I mean, season two, right? Like, as you said, they set up the characters so now they can intermingle and mm-hmm. they can have more crossovers and that sort of thing and maybe more, more family visits. Mm. That's true. That's true. Lots of opportunities. And uh, there have been hints that... Um, I can't say much, but basically things get <laughs> things get more I forget the word. Serious or crazy or more complicated? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we could just say complicated. So there there are more stakes. I think that was the word now that I think of it. Okay. Uh so <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see how season two plays out. Especially with Andrew's broken Vietnamese, which goes on to our next part. 
just well actually it's just a small shout out to the mr vietnam um scene which uh kind of plays out in i guess other parts of the season mm. where and again this this goes back to andrew himself andrew fung where he admits that he can't really speak but he kind of does <laughs> But it, it's funny that, like, there's all these, like, things of, like, real-life Andrew Fung that they're peppering mm-hmm. through here. It's like, yes, this is character Andrew Fung, but this is also, also Andrew real. Fung. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, despite his sort of self-criticisms about his Vietnamese and his pronunciation, like, Roman, who plays Leo, like, my Vietnamese isn't great, but I can tell, like, his pronunciation is wonderful. Like oh, yeah? being non he's Filipino, right? Yeah. Um, right. Right. He was right. saying all those words. Um, was it family members? That, yeah, like he, he was, was saying, going through family members. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. His pronunciation was really good. And I, you know, kudos to the uh, dialect coach, uh, whoever mm-hmm. they, they had on, on, on set. But um, I could understand it pretty clearly. And oh, just uh, in terms of the, yeah, in terms of the accent, I, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty accurate. Vietnamese is not easy. Yeah. I remember, like, I used to be an MC for weddings. And one time I had a Vietnamese wedding. And number one, Vietnamese weddings always have, like, hundreds of people. <laughs> and they decided for both the bride and the groom side that they wanted to thank all the aunts and uncles. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was given this list with just names on it. And I'm like, uh you have to say the title you have to like to say like the older yeah like the the proper title and then their name right because that's the proper way of introducing them like for most asian cultures you Mm -hmm. have the title because it's not just sister and brother it's older sister on this side or whatever and i was just like oh dear lord i don't think i was ever so worried and i kind of if somebody took a video of this, please send it to what you talking podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to see this. I actually didn't do too bad, I was told. So I remember like I had the bride and groom and whoever else was available like tell me exactly because I didn't want to offend anyone. I didn't want anyone to feel bad. And the whole, like majority of the room was was Vietnamese, so everyone would know that I'm pronouncing things poorly so yeah i was just like writing every way i could figure out how to like properly pronounce it on top of all the names and the titles and i was just like okay here we go (laughs) so yeah it it's difficult it's it's very difficult yeah if you have sort of um a background in french it it helps a little bit because the um the culture was sort of is it colonized, the word I'm mm-hmm. thinking of? Is it yeah. yeah. Well, I speak French, French, but I didn't find it. <laughs> Linguistically, no. I didn't find it similar. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a crazy amount of accents. And, mm-hmm. uh, and even with, um, with the names, like if you, know, if you oh, read yes. it. I mean, I mean the, the beginning of this episode, we're, tr- we're trying to get the right pronunciation of trunk, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. For, for Kimberly yeah. Ann. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's yeah, it's not an easy language, gotta say. <laughs> I agree. That's why I, I'm kinda saying, Hey, hey, don't shoot me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh moving on to the second part. I called it no bond like a true bond. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, with this, Camille is trying to get Ramesh to be more social, uh, but Ramesh seems pretty content on his small coffee. Watch Andrews walk through Back to the Future, so we can consider watching Back to the Future <laughs> life. Um, which I don't know sounds very bachelor kind of life. Like you know, he's kind of he he kind of knows what he wants to do. He's kind of set in his doing his puzzles, doing his, his, his work and set in his drink, set, set in his drink, his small coffee when he could have got bubble tea of the day. And what the heck is a bubble tea of the day? Um, we have bubble teas of the month here at most of our bubble tea places. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we have our bubble tea consultant here. <laughs> <laughs> the prices are pretty good. I mean, I looked at the menu, um, oh. they're about $6 a drink. And, uh, there's a, there's a disclaimer that said, um, it is recommended that you consume your drink within two hours. Mm-hmm. After that, we can't guarantee the flavor of your tea. <laughs> we call ever seeing it like an actual shop, but I mean, it's good advice. <laughs> I, I see that warning for like, you know, when you get like barbecue meat from Chinese or like barbecue meat from Chinese places or like from Chinese restaurants. Sometimes I'll have a disclaimer like meant to be eaten hot, like in the next <laughs> hour or two. Otherwise, we can't. I don't oh, know. You can't. Not a common it. thing. I don't know. I don't know if it's a common thing, but I will see it at like I don't know. If I go to like a TNT, which is like a Chinese supermarket here in mm-hmm. in Toronto, Canada, they have it in Vancouver and yeah. Vancouver as well. <laughs> um, that they will have these kind of labelings on the food, like the stuff that's especially under the heat lamps. Mm. Like you, they'll have a little sticker there, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, I eat this stuff cold too, so it's okay. I think it's also more to just prevent food poisoning for people like leaving it on their counter for the whole day and then eating it for dinner maybe oh the people with weak stomachs yeah no because bacteria actually does grow on cooked meat (laughs) well i also have a weak stomach so (laughs) (laughs) but no like i think bubble tea places do have that like they print it on their cup like please consume within the next two hours for the best flavor or for the best whatever they should also have don't leave this milk product in the car during a hot summer day I need all these disclaimers. These, I'm not going to think about this stuff. These are common sense things. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, going back to the Back to the Future thing, I like the fact that they threw it in. Again, another mm-hmm. Andrew Easter egg because he's a big fan of Back to the Future and yep. wrestling. Uh, and fun fact, in a Calgary Comic-Con, he also hosted a panel with a few members of the original Back to the Future cast mm-hmm. uh, being oh, that's right. Doc Brown, Biff, and Lorraine from the original cast, which uh, if you go on his Twitter, you can probably see a photo. I remember seeing it. Uh, and Paul was uh, there too, right? No. No, that no, wasn't no. that one. No, 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 no okay. not this one. Yeah, at this one, I believe Andrew was host for a few panels. Mm. Um, this was probably around season four of Kim's, so... Yeah. So like, I also found um, <laughs> I also found an Easter egg. Mm. Um, so when I forget who, but you know how they were whispering and trying to uh, explain what the significance was of the Trubon dating app, or like oh. what what um, it was, like right. what the yeah, type of app it, it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, someone mentioned the word dungeons. <laughs> which implies something, but in a wrestling context, 
Oh. Um, so that we were talking about the the heart family earlier, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the the training right. area that in the heart family home was referred the to as dungeon. the dungeon. Yes, I remember that. Huh. So it could have a double meaning there. That's, Interesting. That that would be cool to get Andrew to confirm that, but because <laughs> in this episode he's one of the writers, um, mm. him and Scott. So maybe maybe that is a hint to that. You'd have to have closed captioning on i believe mm. um to have pick that up because or, or actually was it or maybe i was just listening very intent because <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to know what it was <laughs> yeah I, what is this app all about yeah <laughs> seriously <laughs> um so yeah going back to camille uh trying to convince ramesh to do more just a question to both of you is there something that you've tried to get your parents to do that they'll obviously not change Maybe we'll go with Ruby on this one first. When you say not change, like something that I always thought that they wouldn't do? Yeah, or just maybe a habit that you want them to break or something. Hmm. Uh, That's funny because so it wasn't so much a habit. It was I guess this could relate to more of the whole Ramesh and Camille situation. Yeah. So I can't remember when. This is like ages ago, but my parents are divorced, so I, I wanted my mom to find happiness and I was like, oh, you know, like, why don't you go on dates and stuff? And she did have friends that were going on dates, like people her age. So I'm like, okay, yeah, go out with them, chill. Um, and she ended up meeting somebody <laughs> and she wanted us to go on a double date. Huh? It was very strange. <laughs> Wait, did you actually go on this double date? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was. It was. was this before you, Mike? Yes, it was. Yeah, before yeah, 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 yeah. Like I would have found university. this weird. <laughs> it was very weird and awkward. Um, I think we went. We either went bowling or we went to Dave and Buster's, what? some sort of like entertainment center. And yeah, I just watched my mom act like, 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 like a teenager sort of, and I was just like, oh. um. So me and the boyfriend at the time, I was just like. I don't feel very comfortable. Why don't we just call it a night? It's like if they want to stay, they can stay. Did you, did you take different cars home. or did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We took different cars. Like they okay. took their car. I took, okay. We took okay. our car. Because I'm imagining like, you driving and then yeah, like, no, they're no, in the no, back seat. And... No, no, no. Mom, no, mom <laughs> no. was in in the car with with her boyfriend. And then I remember like the weekend after, she said she was going to the movies, and she came back and told me how she saw the big fat Greek wedding, and I'm like, oh, I haven't even seen that. And I'm like wow this is weird <laughs> so yeah <laughs> having your parents date yeah sometimes it's a little weird <laughs> that i didn't know this story but <laughs> i have many more questions i will ask later <laughs> <laughs> how about you chihung anything you try to get your parents to do yeah yeah i mean my my parents are hoarders they're pack rats oh, um gotcha so so just a quick story um about uh, well, 10, 11 years ago when I, when I got married. Um, so I was living with my parents at the time. My, um, my now wife was also living with her parents. So when we got married, we got our own place in Markham. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my, my parents were like, oh, maybe, maybe we should move too. Because <laughs> um, we were looking at some new um, housing developments in, in Markham. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I was like, okay, sure. And so we were looking at houses, 
And then, you know, at the time we sort of, we could choose which house, like which street, because it, it was still in development. And hmm. so we settled upon this lot and we picked the design and all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. then my parents wanted to live close by because we've always had this sort of um, closeness in, in my family That's where good. we, like even my, my, my uncles, like they, at one point we had three um, houses side by side by side. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> right. So we've always had this trait because we... You know, we we emigrated as refugees and all this um, story for another day. But we've been we've always been close in terms of family. So my my parents wanted to be close to to me, like to my my wife and I, but for our future family, mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, right? So um, anyway, so they they got a house in the neighborhood, and when they were moving, I mean, moving is the best time to declutter, right? You just move <laughs> what you need, right? Get rid of everything um, else. Exactly. That's typically what people do. But <laughs> from prior moves, they still had items in boxes like that had been moved from house to house. Just the boxes, just like unopened, yeah. right? Yeah. And it, it happened again. And um, so the basement is basically like filled oh. to the brim. Like you could barely move in there. Hmm. And you know their logic is as i guess maybe most pack rats but it's just you have something of value why would you throw it away uh, like it's perfectly good yeah. maybe you'll use yeah. it one day that sort of stuff so try to help them with that with little to no success so i mean that's just who they are and maybe i've inherited a little bit of that i, I like to think i'm <laughs> not so bad but um you know we try to make incremental improvements there yep I know that feeling, and I'm sure Mike feels the same about our bas- our basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, so Ruby's mom lives with us, um, and when we merge the two houses, <laughs> well, it's basically taking two houses worth of stuff and not throwing anything away. Mm-hmm. So our basement's pretty packed too. So if anybody would like an extra set of something, contact me <laughs> at whatyoutalkingpodcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> All boxes will be labeled trash. Just saying. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of something. I mean, my parents are pretty stubborn on both mm. parts. So anything I tried to get them to do, eat healthier, exercise more, mm. watch less TV, or I don't know. They, they don't watch a lot of TV. But they go on binging sprees. Yeah, so they go on binging sprees. <laughs> Anything that I've tried to do doesn't work. And eventually they do it and they're like, oh, this is the best thing ever. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm glad you're doing it. <laughs> so if you've had some success, I mean... Yeah. No, 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 no. That That's not influenced by me. Um, so right, someone else would tell them. Or, somebody else or they'll yeah. discover it on themselves. They'll read an article. They'll they'll catch a YouTube that, that is mm. teaching them about better living. And That's then all of a sudden it's too. like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. as long as you're living better, you know. <laughs> I have, like I told you that like 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of, didn't Janet go through a lot of that on Kim's? I, I have a feeling that she told Appa a bunch of things and he wouldn't listen until he discovered it through someone else I, I need to go back and watch yeah. that because That's, yes yeah it's you a know very the, common you know, thing <laughs> god made made two ears oh. and one mouth right yep. that yeah. was i think she was making a point about that's what i just said the, ra- the ravioli the yes yes yep. yes yeah, yeah. best before right there best we go before, yeah. my memory's not that terrible yet i kind of remember some kim stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little while and we <laughs> had a kid <laughs> yeah. uh 
yeah so <laughs> jumping back to this uh so of course for camille she's suggesting art classes bowling and Kathy even invites Ramesh to her game nights, mm-hmm. and he's not interested. So Camille points out that, hey, didn't you used to do these things with mom? And, you know, there's like a dramatic pause, like, yeah, but, you know, then she got sick. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is like, you know, the first time we get insight into their family situation, because like, yeah, I mean, it's only at that point three episodes in, but it's like <laughs> kind of a heavy thing to hit, right? Um, especially after the first and second episode, it was just like, whoa, okay, there's mm-hmm. something something going on here. Because, of course, we're introduced to Ramesh on the first episode, and mm-hmm. then it's sort of like, where's her mom? Yeah. So, um, so Carol comes into the picture, gets him interested in dating, and this is the first time that we also see Camille not comfortable with her dad dating, or, or I don't know, prove me wrong on that. Uh, to the point where she tells Carol to back off, mm-hmm. right? I feel like that's a reoccurring thing that happens even in the future. Uh, right, right, right. Um, mm-hmm. So on that note, um, why do you think Camille's concerned or has concerns at this point? And, uh, or, I mean, is it could it be the case that she doesn't want Ramesh to let go of her mom's memory? Or, I don't know, what could it be? What do you think it is? Yeah. Well, I, I think that's exactly it. I mean, um, if you think about it in the context of uh, other sitcoms, like Full House, that was sort of... Right. Right, with <laughs> Danny Tanner and the kids. Mm. Right. Um, they didn't really want their dad to be dating anyone. And I think they were trying to sabotage any attempts he made at, <laughs> at dating. And I know that um, Andrew, had, you know, for Run the Burbs, it was heavily influenced by, you know, 80s and 90s uh, family sitcoms, mm-hmm. such as right. Full House. So uh, that could just be boring a theme there. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think Ramesh said it was, what, like close to 20 years, yes. right? And mm-hmm. So it was time for him to get out there. Um, and you can sort of, you know, justify Camille's uh, response. And she doesn't, it's not that she doesn't want her dad to be happy. She just can't picture someone else, you know, taking over the role of her, her mom. I think it's just like a play on like, not necessarily stereotype, but like a, a common belief or understanding of people with like, of the situation of, of someone that's parents have either grown apart, divorced, one of them passed away, like mm-hmm. how a child, even though grown up, how they would feel about their parents being with someone else, right? It's not that, like Camille has, I'm sure has no reason to think that Ramesh would abandon her, right? <laughs> so, like, and she's an adult, so I don't think she right. has that problem. So yeah, it's it's more so like just her her idea of her family, right? Like that's the memory right. that she's always had. So what would happen to that? Like, yeah, dad would be happy, but like, what about this? Her happy memory of her complete family, mm-hmm. right? Like, what would happen yeah. to that? Um, so given all that, uh, I was going to bring this up later, but I think it's a good time. Uh, what do you guys think about the writers exploring Camille's past more? Or do you think? Like, do you think they should go deeper or for the sakes of and tone of the show, which I mean, to be fair, 
and I'm always comparing things to Kim's, which would go <laughs> a little bit deeper on like the drama and stuff. But this seems a little bit lighter in my mind. Run the Burbs always runs a little bit lighter. Um, should they leave it where it is for the sake of focusing, uh, focusing on that tone, or should they go deeper? Well, I, I think you could, I think you can explore more of Camille's side and and still keep it light. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whenever you have these sort of like family tragedies and that sort of stuff, like they may just touch upon it, but not really go too deep into the the why. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's I think it'd be good to have um, more uh, you know, being introduced more to Camille's side of the family, just so you have that that balance. And I know mm-hmm. that you know it, this is sort of Andrew's baby, but at the same time, if we're if we're seeing both parents as equals, then I you know you'd have at least part of the audience that would like to see um, you know Camille's side of the family and, and see. Maybe there's hilarity in, in, on their side with their awkwardness. And, you know, once you sort of establish those characters, you could have in future seasons, you can have them do like this huge family bash where everyone gets confused and are mixed up and that sort of mm-hmm. thing, right? So mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's, um, you know, when, when you have these sort of like limited episodes and limited in the sense where it's not like 21 episodes right. or how TV <laughs> used to be. You kind of have to be very mindful of um, your direction and, and the stories you want to tell and how many episodes you have to do that. So um, I think that would give good fodder. It, it would um, give more stories to tell. Um, and you don't have to do it right away, of course. Uh, but you can sort of plant the seeds uh, if the series get pick, you know, gets picked up for additional seasons. And I hope they do. I hope they have mm-hmm. that room too. Yeah. I feel like... The writers already have the backstories because like yeah knowing andrew knowing camille and just how they are and how they play their characters and you know all the things that we've heard from them as writers and as actors i think they have the whole backstory already planned in their heads they know who these characters are and that's how they make it so relatable so it's just a matter of how they would introduce that into the show and when they introduce it and mm-hmm. yeah like even if it's a tra- tragic kind of ending like they introduce heavy things into the show, so right. but there's always a lighter way to tell the story. It's all about storytelling, right? So how do you tell that story, and in, from what perspective, and from from which angle you take the story from, mm-hmm. and that will that will lighten the mood. Or they could have those heavy moments, like yeah. Kim's had very heavy moments, yeah, right. But it was still a comedy, and people still felt, you know, it was heartfelt, and it was loving, and it was still funny. So, yeah. I, yeah, I found, especially with this episode, so this was the first episode that they kind of went on that, that tone, that mm. deep dive, where that scene where uh, Camille's by herself in the kitchen, she takes out her mom's mm-hmm. uh, cookbook, and she looks at the picture of of, uh, of the family together. And this is kind of sandwiched in between, like, Carol the Conqueror, <laughs> Battering Fam, and the kids all in the basement kind of wrestling it out. And... and and if I remember correctly, Andrew kind of comes up and checks on her. Mm-hmm. Hey, you doing okay? It's like, yeah. yeah, I'm okay. And then she goes back down for that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I guess when Andrew talks about, you know, this being the spiritual successor to Kim's, I, I at least get that feeling. It, when I think of spiritual successor, I, I also get that feeling that it succeeded in that way as well. Mm-hmm. Because Kim's was really good at, um, 
doing that dip and then bring it right back bringing it right back Mm -hmm. at the right level Mm -hmm. so yeah i hope that they get to explore this more Mm -hmm. as they go through and um yeah i guess i guess we'll see Mm -hmm. i mean given that there are more stakes (laughs) (laughs) that are going to be in season two i i think we're going to see a lot more of this so that'll be fun to see uh just special mention to um ali hassan and like the the I think that that goes to <laughs> the the verbal badminton that he had Ramesh uh, Ramesh and Avery were doing uh, in the, during in their the, date at Bubble Bay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just found it hilarious because like the writers had led you <laughs> for the entire episode to think that Ramesh is his wet noodle, and then he he's kind of throwing out these responses as like, "Do you, do you actually know what you're talking about?" And then mm. at the end, it's like, "Oh, you know, okay." Okay, that's funny, but okay, we get it. <laughs> I do wonder, though, was he still having a small coffee on that date, or was he drinking something else? That's a good point. I didn't pay attention <laughs> to that. I think he had a bubble tea. I thought tea. he had a bubble tea, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I remember it being non-coffee-looking, like but, you know, my memory is completely shot these days. <laughs> I mean, he's going to need the sugar. Well, he he told, didn't he tell Camille that he was going to Bubble Bay for a bubble tea? I'm pretty sure you said something like that. Hmm. And I, I, find it, I find it, it funny that, like, you know, first date that they're going to Bubble Bay. I know yeah. Bubble Bay is like like the staple place, yeah, the place where everybody goes to the hang out. To hang out but it's just sort of like, yeah. okay, first date at Bubble Bay. All right. <laughs> well. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, based on the app, it's not necessarily a date, right? It's uh, is that... a bond that they need to create maybe for a one time. <laughs> That's fair. It's like, I need the I need the, the, the bubble tea with the extra energy booster. No, it's more so it's just casual. So it's like, you know, it's like meeting at Tim Hortons for the first date kind of thing, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I, I like how, like, in future episodes when they're dates, like, they have ex- expanded the places that they go to. Like, right. Like, first date date, where they go to... Um, the pho place. The pho place, yeah. yeah. Now I want noodles. What, what episode did they, um, did they introduce that Hudson's accounting place was next door? I mean, I, I was oh. looking at the transitions, and I did, I did see it, but I think it was, like, much later on where... They actually established the yeah. location, right? Yeah. I, don't think they I, I thought I thought maybe they retconned that, but no, this is what uh, episode three. This is episode three, yeah. so that hasn't been brought yeah. up at this point. Yeah. So it's it, it is in the in the cuts like the cutscenes um, hmm. outside the uh, outside the, the restaurant. That's a deep yeah. cut. <laughs> 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 I think I think whoever figures that out will probably get a part and run the burbs. So. <laughs> It was the it was the uh, Canadian accounting bookkeeping. I, I, I don't think there was like a like a name like a catchy name. It was just very to the point. Mm. Oh damn! Oh damn! Now now I'm curious. Now I have to rewatch those. <laughs> yeah, we rewatch episode one and two to see if it's <laughs> if there. it's yeah uh, probably probably like this is something I'm sure they've meticulously planned out and you know it wouldn't have just been put together. So it would make sense that it's already in the establishing scenes. Mm-hmm. On that note, I, I I know I was just shooting down Bubble Bay, but I do find it pretty cool that the the meetup for everybody 
in general <laughs> is a bubble tea place it's like all generations the young yeah. and the old yeah <laughs> and and it's just sort of a thing in this town right it's like i don't think it's that uh uncommon my mom goes to bubble tea to meet up other guys for dates I don't know what she goes for, but I found a bubble tea cup in her car, and sometimes she comes home with bubble tea cups. Do you wonder of no, the date I don't that wonder. she... <laughs> <laughs> I leave things at surface level. <laughs> I, have, I still have so many questions about that double date. <laughs> um, okay, on that note, uh, I don't know. Uh, any other cool things you want to throw at us, Chi-Hung? I'm sure your notes are caught way more than i did well let me ask you a question um were you familiar with um ali hassan prior to run the no no uh any of them uh jonathan langstrom julie nolke any of them no none of them well except for what's her name von sketch lady oh aurora brown yeah because i i've seen baroness von sketch like a handful of times so i was like oh yeah, yeah yeah i know her yeah She's almost. Uh, she's. She. She. Her name is almost like city and color. If you're familiar, uh, familiar with Dallas Green. No. Nope. No. <laughs> no. No. It's. It, there's. So there's a. I believe he's Canadian or maybe not. But so his name is Dallas Green. Okay. But his band is called City and Color. Oh. <laughs> okay. Right. So. So North. You know, Aurora is a, a ta- well, yeah. technically yeah. a yeah, town yeah, yeah, yeah. in the New York region and. Brown like color. So there's my there's my joke, which you, <laughs> I'm not going to be a writer and run the birds, uh, thankfully. But um, no, I, uh, so from uh, from Ali Hassan. So I I, I seen him prior in this uh, indie film called um, Tammy's Always Dying, and that's uh, a film that's written by my buddy Amy Jo Johnson, oh. who played the original Pink Power Ranger. Yes. And uh, so just as a fun fact. Um, her character on Power Rangers, uh, Kimberly, Kimberly oh, yeah. Ann Hart, <laughs> and the actress Kimberly Ann Trung is who we're talking about mm-hmm. as Carol. Wow! So I don't know. If that's that was kind young. of a that's kind of an uncommon. It is pairing, right? You don't really hear too many Kimberly Anns. So I thought that was. I don't know if that was coincidence or if you know she or her parents were Power Rangers fans. <laughs> <laughs> That I mean, <laughs> it could be a stage name for her too, right? Mm-hmm. She could have, she could be a huge yeah. Pink Power Ranger fan. Mm-hmm. But um, it kind of uh, harkens back to this um, uh, this artwork I commissioned for right. um, for, for Andrea yeah. Bang, where she was cosplaying, like her character um, was cosplaying as uh, the Pink Power Ranger, so she would be Kimberly Kim. <laughs> so you have Kimberly Ann, who was on Kim's convenience, and then you know with the name. And anyways, that's just a round, <laughs> going around and around and around. But that's where I first saw how Ali Hassan was in. Was in that yeah, house. when when I read her name, uh, Kimberly and Trong, I was like, I think he's gonna mention something about Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, stand corrected. Not a short feature film. I, I want to mm. make that clear. Right. Time is always time. Right. right. Actually, a feature film. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Cool. Um, let's talk about the Burbays for a bit while you're on here. Um, yes. What are the Burbays? Yeah, yeah that, that, that was my first question. Yeah. 
Oh, are you asking? Yeah, I'm me? asking you. <laughs> oh, you're asking me? Okay, because I asked you, but you're asking me. Okay, so, I mean, in short, Burbays are,、um, you know, fans of Run the Burbs, and I'm surprised you're asking me because you're the one that actually came up with the name. And no, I think you. No, no, no. I think you explained it in, in the first episode of this podcast. I did not come up with the name. It was a team effort. Like you and I, you and I, I think with Chris and Colin, who were Kimbits, we we were kind of. Uh, throwing things out there. Yeah, we're, we're throwing stones <laughs>、yeah. at a wall or something. So, so the lineage of the name. Let's let's talk about that. So ultimately, it came from sort of an amalgamation of、um, you know the burbs of run the burbs and, and the bubble bay. So that's sort of like the direct mm-hmm.、Um, mm-hmm. history of it, right? Like the, the the most recent history. But prior to that,、um, I had originally. Because I kind of, I guess I managed the socials、yeah. in a way.、Mm-hmm. Um, I was leaning towards Burbies because、um, we had the Kimbits four one six as the handle for the socials.、Yeah. So I was leaning towards、um, Burbies nine o five. Nine o five being the the suburbs of Toronto four one six, right?、Um, so I was going to go with that and kind of made the executive decision and, and did the logo and all that. We changed it after week one. <laughs> with you, we you know, with Burbays, which I think makes a, a lot better sense and it, it flows and everything works much better. But ultimately, you know, Andrew had invited a handful of us, sort of,、um, I guess, friends and supporters and fans and that sort of thing. And we, we you know, we were we were kind of trying to come up with a name for the fans. And I remember I threw out Burbies as you know, like people were just giving suggestions, and I, I threw out Burbies.、Mm. And then his reaction was like, "Nah, <laughs> kind of reminds me of you know, like fans of、um, My Little Pony, <laughs> right? Which the Bronies?" I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, the the, the Bronies <laughs> and Burbies and Bronies. I mean, not quite the same." But then I was thinking, like the connotation. So、um, you know, tying this back into wrestling with the Rock、oh. and and like these enhancement talents, he used to call these jobbers. He called them Jabronies, right? <laughs> like, so it's similar to, to Bronies and. Um, so I, I don't know, but you had the boss kind of poo-poo the name. So I'm like, okay, well, at this point, I gotta change it.、Mm-hmm. We can't, we can't use, <laughs> we can't use Burbies. And and I guess my inspiration for that name was、um, I, I had a box of the、uh, Justin Bieber Timbits. Oh, oh, okay, right. Timbeebs. It was called Timbeebs, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, if you take Bieber and you kind of flip it and reverse it, you have Burby and you just plural, plural, plural. I can't even say it. Pluralize it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Burbies, but anyways, that name was awful. And then we transitioned through your suggestion. No, 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 no. I mean, Burbies, and you know the catchphrase "Bebe" and everything else.、So. I think I think that was it. I think when we watched the first episode, that's when we we're just kind of like "Bebe, Bebe, Burbe,"、yeah. <laughs> oh Burbe. Let's see how that works.、Yeah. But、yeah. um, on that part, like you also designed the logo for the Burbies.、Mm. Maybe talk about. A bit about that too. Yeah, if you if you can,、um, well, just do a search for,、uh, or you you can go to Instagram or or Twitter and you look up Burbes, B U R B A E S.、Um, it's basically it's very similar to the、um, Bobo Bay logo, but instead of having like a instead of koala bear or some sort of bear hugging a cup. It's a raccoon sitting on top of、um, like a recycling bin. <laughs> That's genius, right? And I knew 
that there was going to be a raccoon-centric episode because Andrew had documented on his Instagram his his struggles with <laughs> raccoons and, and his garbage bins and living in sort of city of Toronto. They, they're, I don't know. I guess they're a different breed. <laughs> they're uh, hardier. Or they're smarter. <laughs> they work in groups. Yeah, they're evolved, right? <laughs> so they're hyper-intelligent and they can get into your your waste bins and I you know when he brought that up and he talked about it I knew it was going to be sort of a focus so I thought okay let's just play up on that a bit and have the uh, have the raccoon and uh, trying to get into you know like a bin so it, it kind of worked out um, in terms of you know parodying the uh, the, the shop in the shop. I mean considering that you know um, there's at that point I think only episode, not even, I don't even think episode one had shown you, he had already kind of predicted it. I mean, it was a whole friggin' episode talking about raccoons too, right? (laughs) So I I think that'll be something that sticks in people's minds, especially fans of the show, especially for people who are seeing raccoons for the first time. We're like, what the hell are these things? Kill them all. (laughs) Or, or they're, they're, I I didn't know how toxic their uh, feces is. Um, well, I remember one time I was going to a walk-in clinic, and the the person ahead of me, uh, he brought his dad, his elderly dad, and he's, you know, reason for for your visit. Yeah, my my dad he sort of touched some raccoon poop. Um, but yeah, you got to get checked out if if you do that. I had no because, idea. Uh, yeah, because they're yeah, full of like rabies. They're full of all sorts of diseases. Yeah. They eat trash. Come on. Well, not ours. Ours so went you... into the recycling bin, and like, it's like you're not gonna find anything there, bro. I think it was because there was a container that had a roast chicken in it before. It was rinsed out, but it smells too good, I guess. Markham raccoons are not the Toronto breed. <laughs> so yeah, I. Th- think that's pretty much it everyone so thanks again to our special guest chi hung for joining us again um just really quick where can people follow you and the burbays <laughs> okay so you can follow me at chi of steel so that's my handle for pretty much everything mm-hmm. and then for uh, fans of run the burbs uh, it's uh, burbays at burbays uh, we're on instagram and we are on Twitter, I believe there's also a Facebook account. Oh, okay. Um, Friends of Run the Birds. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have anything to do with that, but it's a great group. It's um, it's brought to you by the same people uh, who who created the uh, Friends of Kin's Convenience. Great, great. So again, if you haven't given Run the Birds a chance, you should. You really should. In Canada, you can catch it on CBC Gem and internationally on some streaming service really soon Uh, still no news on that at this point uh so again if you have any comments questions or stories to share tweet me at mike y-u-a-n 82 until the next time wait 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 wait, wait. wrong podcast a joy